0: Welcome to the No Shortcuts Podcast. I'm Edgel Groves. All right, here we are at the top of 2021. It is January 3rd. Uh, I think I'll refrain from making any comments about how I think the year will go. We all saw how 2020 turned out. But uh, I think I'll refrain from making any any uh, judgments on this one, right? But so far, so good. Fingers crossed. Okay. Our guest today is Zach Weinberg. Zach Weinberg is a marketing e-commerce guru. He's also an incredible photographer and videographer. He works with Tuff Gong Worldwide, Ziggy Marley, and manages all of the Bob Marley social media pages, which I think totals in somewhere over the 75 million follower range, which makes my palms sweat just saying it. A lot of responsibility, but if there's anybody to do it, you know, Zach is the guy. Um, today we get into Zach's career where he started off at an indie record label and eventually transitioned into managing artists and then had an opportunity to work with the Marley's and he has been there for eight years. So Zach's got a ton of experience, a ton of insight, and just an all around really good guy. He has recently, uh, been able to put out a book with Ziggy Marley, uh, called, portrait of a legend uh, about bob marley and i think you can find it in most retail stores amazon barnes and noble and i believe ziggy has a link on his socials as well if you want to check it out okay without any further ado zach weinberg all right zach welcome to the podcast Thanks, bud. How you doing? Doing really good. I know we were just talking a minute ago, and we're acting like we weren't just talking a minute ago before this. But... <laughs> hey, man, long time. Yeah, long time, bro. Ten seconds, fifteen How seconds. How you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's taking a taking a hot minute, right? You're kind of breaking the seal for me. I think you're the first person I'm really doing this with officially.
1: Well, I'm happy to be the one to pop your cherry.
0: Oh boy. Yep. Getting right into it. Getting right into it. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, the whole idea behind this podcast is um sort of dispelling the myth of of you know overnight success and industry shortcuts, you know, with social media today and like TikTok and Instagram and all this like you know, these platforms that are just instant gratification. I have noticed that the generation that's coming up and the one that's gonna be coming behind that. Um, I think they're missing sort of the value of elbow grease and putting like the hard work in and realizing that this is a definitely a marathon, not a sprint. And that, that the people who have been doing it a while, like yourself and me and a lot of our, our peers, you know, and, and people that came before us, they can be the first ones to tell you, this is definitely a long game. And, you know, if you're in it to win it really quick, um, I think you'll fizzle out. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, I completely agree. I I can't tell you how many people I've had come to me over the years for advice or, you know, for wanting me to get involved in what they're doing. And a lot of times people just think that if they get that one right thing to happen, that it all just changes. And, you know, I try and definitely steer them towards the direction of like, look, you got to build what you're doing. And, you know, having other people get involved, having other people take notice is going to be on what you build yourself, you know, or with like a small team with your own fan base. And, And once what you're doing catches fire then it's really time for, you know, more and more people to get involved and for, you know, to make the kind of push where you're really going to get some mainstream attention. But you've got to build your own thing and you've got to also, you know, as cliche as it is, like put in your own 10,000 hours so that when it is your time to, you know, really get those proper looks that you're not wasting those opportunities because you've you've done the legwork. Uh, So, yeah, I'm with you on that.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think it's important to be having these conversations. I mean, I I, I think there's this uh, missing element in that conversation these days. People aren't having the honest discussions about the failures they had and the things that didn't work that actually got them there or the people that actually helped them early on that don't get the credit. Uh, that maybe opens some doors. You know, you, you see somebody on a talk show or something, you hear about their Grammys they won and you hear about how well their album is doing. But what you don't hear about is how long did it actually take them? Like, how did they put in their 10,000 hours? And if they did, you know, what happened during those 10,000 hours that led up to that moment that seemed to be an overnight minute, like overnight yeah. boom.
1: Now, I remember when you remember the band Fun. When they came oh, yeah. out, like, I don't know, early 2010s, 2013 or something. And yeah. they just came out of nowhere off the Grammy, you know, like we're in the Grammys and all that kind of stuff. And I remember seeing an interview that they did, and they were You know, saying that exact thing of like, yeah, you know, people are just finding out about us and we love, you know, all these new people, but it's really been a 10 year journey for us to get here. And, you know, we've kind of just been doing it under the radar, figuring, you know, out our sound and, you know, our fan base and all that kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. not that they're a favorite band of mine or anything like that, but it's just one of many examples of people who you think have just come out of nowhere that really have been doing this for a decade or more.
0: But, you know, before we go any further, I kind of wanted to just like, if you don't mind telling everybody a little bit about like your background, like how you started uh, in the industry, or maybe even just got interested in music and just a quick background into where you started and where you are now. So people have a, a, an appreciation.
1: Yeah. um, I guess I'll try and keep it brief. Like, I, I guess on some level I always knew I wanted to do music and just coming up in like the music festival jam band scene. Like I just saw kind of the world that um, musicians and, and music managers and all these people behind the scenes had created, you know, as like this alternate reality to the world we live in. And it's just like a beautiful thing. And I sort of always knew I wanted to do that and provide those experiences. And, So, I went to college for music management, came out to LA, you know, right after. And um, my sister in law actually had like a Japanese rock band that was, uh, they're called Deer on Gray and they're like huge in Japan, but they were trying to break out globally and they needed Mm -hmm. somebody to sort of Americanize their social media voice and you know so i i started out doing that and really i've done a lot of social media based stuff since then moving from there to like a indie record label Dangerbird, uh and then that sort of fell apart and i did my own thing working with a few managers um and the old gm of Dangerbird went to go work for the marley's and uh needed a digital guy and so I started with them you know really as like a part-time thing as part of doing things on my own and it just sort of became more apparent that they needed more help and so it started taking up more and more of my time and I eventually went to come work with them full-time at the at Tough Gong Worldwide in the Bob Marley estate Tough Gone Worldwide is Ziggy Marley's uh management company and record label right. And uh, I've been doing that. I started working with them just about eight years ago and sort of developed just from, like, doing Facebook to now doing, uh, you know, marketing, release marketing campaigns, overall, you know, marketing uh, for Ziggy and Tough Gone Worldwide and, and, you know, certain aspects of the Bob Marley estate, uh, managing the socials, the website, newsletters, um you know, working with Universal as we continue to release new music and, you know, products in Bob's name. And, um, you know, over the last few years, it's expanded into photography and videography and, you know, made a couple music videos over the last couple years. And um, most recently, Ziggy and I put out a book, uh which is a Bob Marley uh this past year was Bob Marley's seventy fifth birthday. Uh and so we released a book uh called Portrait of the Legend. And um, you know, it's sort of at some point while I've been working with them, I, I went to Jamaica and sort of scanned a bunch of old family archives, uh photos and stuff like that. And and some photos which we had bought from photographers and um you know, we put that together into like a photo book with some stories in it and some interviews and stuff like that that just sort of yeah. show Bob behind the scenes. But so, you know, it's it's sort of all over the place, uh, you know, working in a small company, you sort of have the opportunity to try out your creative passions uh, just because, you know especially with Ziggy and stuff like that. Like we like to keep as much of things in house as we can. Um, right. And so, yeah, you know, in the the new year, uh, we're focused on his new album. He's got a new album for kids and families. And, uh, so we continue to market that and all sorts of other opportunities beyond music, uh, because that's sort of what you have to do in these days is, you know, you can't just put music up on Spotify and expect to make a yeah. from it.
0: Yeah, you got to diversify. I yeah. mean, do you mind if I go back for a second? Like Totally. Um, yeah, I mean, there's also some impressive stats and numbers in there that I want to get into. Like, that's kind of interesting how you help build Marley's socials and Bob's socials and all that stuff. But I kind of want to go back to like early on, right? So you, you were helping a friend of yours, uh, developed the socials for the Japanese artists. Right. And then somehow you kind of transitioned into getting an opportunity at, 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 uh, danger bird, right. At the indie label. Yeah. Um, like how did that, how did that happen? And I'm sure there were like other things that you were applying for during that time or trying to figure out how you were even going to get into the business. Like what was, what was that transition? Like how did that even work out? Well, you know,
1: uh, I, uh, Basically, I've been doing this thing with this Japanese band for a while, and I had just moved to LA, and I was living in a studio apartment uh, and just working from home, and it just got really claustrophobic. And I was like, I need to get out there. I need to get more a part of this industry, meet people, and um, you know, just meet people. Also, you know, it's hard to meet people in LA, uh, you know, unless you really get out there.
0: How are you? How were you making ends meet? Were you like a street vendor, like street meat? Or um, <laughs> you? I was basically.
1: I mean, what they were paying me for what I was doing was paying my rent and then a little bit. And honestly, I was selling a lot of stuff that I had. Like in college, I had just you know acquired a lot of things, and so I was selling like guitars and guitar pedals and. Uh, I sold, like, a nice watch that I had gotten, you know, just because in L.A., everybody comes out here thinking things are just going to fall into your lap. And really, it does take some time to get the right opportunity, you know, the right company. It's going to set you up on the right path. And, you know, you've got to also win out. And, like, coming right out of college, you also just aren't going to be the best interviewer. Uh, and there's just like a lot of things that you realize as you do more and more interviews that you're like, okay, this is red flag or, or this was a good thing. And so it took some time and I really just did whatever I could. Uh, I even started like buying and selling a few things on eBay. Um, and just like whatever I could do to keep myself out there. And then, uh, my brother was, He's, he is a, an agent at WME, someone that he used to float on their desk for reached out to him and was like, hey, you know, we're looking for a digital person, someone young and hungry. Like, do you know anybody? And he was like, oh, my God, yes, my brother. Like, he was just asking me if I knew, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's just one of those kind of uh, situations that I went in for the interview And it just seemed like a really good fit. And and sort of the stuff that I had been doing with this band was like the perfect experience for what they needed at the record label. And uh, so that was like December 2011. And then like after the, you know, holiday break, I came in there on the, you know, first or second or whatever it was. Yeah, it, it, you know, it just sort of turned out that way. Also, because I was out there, because really all of that happened within a a couple of days, you know, of this all going down. And a lot of times things do, you know, move that fast. And that's why I I do try and say to, you know, be out here if you're going to try and find something for yourself.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to touch on, like you know, it seems like, oh, well, he just got lucky. His brother's in the business. He hooked him up. But the reality is you took the leap of faith by moving to Los Angeles. Like you went to college where in Indiana? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and I think it's and probably Florida safe State. to say too. And Florida State. Yeah, but I think it's safe Florida. to say that, that your, that you know, your college degree probably has nothing to do with what you do for a living now. Um, there's, I mean, there's no direct correlation. It's not why you got hired at Danger Bird. It's right, not why right. you got hired with the Marlies. So I think there's that like, there's that moment where you take the risk. You come out here. You have a job that barely pays your rent. You're slinging watches and guitar pedals and stuff to pay your bills. And it's like most people out here, you are taking that risk. You're putting the work in. And it, what? A couple years in, right? You, you finally get that opportunity where it's like, hey, uh, hey, you, you know, your brother calls you. He's like, hey, somebody might want to hire you to do some digital stuff. And you're like, I don't know if I fit the description totally, but I can just get in there and figure it out, which is also the name of the game too. Like totally fake fake it till you make it. And then one day you're not faking it. One day you're doing it and you flip that switch. The credentials are just self-made. But So you kind of just jumped in, figured it out. Um, which is, th- which is the key too? like being in Los Angeles or New York or Nashville uh, or London. There's a few cities around the world where if you want to be in the music industry, you really got to be on the ground there and you've got to find a way to stay afloat until those opportunities pop up. And then when they pop up, you have to pounce on them. You got to be like, all right, yeah, go. you just got to jump in.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, don't fuck it up. Uh, I mean the, the interview process, because I mean, a lot of times you have so many applicants for every music industry job, and, you know, a lot of people are attracted to the music industry from all walks of life, all levels of education, and, like, I know my brother, when he first started in the mailroom at WME, like, everybody else there was, like, from Harvard and Princeton and Yale, and, like, you know, you really got to be able to sell yourself and to put out the right vibe i would say is also you know really important because the music industry is a pretty chill place and and it's very team oriented and uh i just think that if you seem like a weirdo then people aren't going to care about your qualifications as much just because you know a lot of this stuff You can, as you say, fake it till you make it, it can be learned on the job. There's, it's not rocket science, it's just hard work and, you know, taking the time to figure things out. And so I think a lot of people understand that and are looking for somebody that they're not going to mind spending the day with. And,
0: um, well, also, I think we didn't really touch on this, but, you know, you are a musician and you're actually like an avid music lover to to the core, right? Like you're not just in it to be in the industry or have a, a name or a face or be famous. You got into this because you just love music and you can't overlook that attribute. I've learned like if you truly love music and you love the history of music and you and you really can speak that language with. Everybody from an agent to a manager to a piano player to a front of house person, if you can like relate to those people um, and they know that you really do care about their trade and you care about what they do in the industry and you see their value, they're gonna like you a hell of a lot more. They're gonna be like, this guy gets it. This guy's cool as shit.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think. The whole idea of getting it is definitely a big thing. And uh, getting it as far as being chill, but also getting it as far as like understanding the struggle of trying to put this all together, you know, and and make something out of it and and make something that's successful in an industry where people really don't want to pay for a lot of things, Um, you know, which makes it a lot harder than a lot of other industries uh, because there is the artistic aspect of like music should be for the people and all that. And you got to find a way to, you know, sort of make a business within that framework. And if you are a musician and you are also somebody who's like a professional person, it does come in handy to be able to thread that line. Um, yeah,
0: no, no. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Um, I had a question actually, you know, was there like early on, and I guess we do this throughout our career and I can probably pull a few examples out of my back pocket, but like are there any moments early on for you during this process of like building these relationships and these career building blocks that like you made some bonehead plays or some bonehead moments where you're just like, Oh God, like, Oh my God, my career's over. Oh no, I'm going to lose my job. But like it ended up being something you learned from. I won't say,
1: Um, that there was anything that was like, all right, you just like screwed up in a way that you lost your job. But one thing going back to the whole, don't fuck it up in the interview vibe is I remember I interviewed for APA and this is like fresh off the
0: boat. You know, which is like for anybody that doesn't know APA is an agency. They do booking and uh, film and television, but they're mostly known for being a live touring booking agency.
1: Right. And so they were, you know, this is again, a few months into being here and they were looking for somebody to do digital stuff for the agency itself, I guess, you know, in their tour marketing efforts or whatever it may be. And the interview was going great And at the end of it, like I, so I went in and I met with like some girl and it went well. And and then, you know, they brought me to like the guy in the corner office, whoever that was. And, uh, I, he said something like, so where do you see yourself in five years? And, you know, I'm just like such an honest, open book kind of person that I was just like, you know, like in five years, probably I'd like to get into management. And, you know, this is for, like, an agency, and basically, like, the person who I had made the contact oh, no. with to, uh, you know, get the interview, who was in the interview with me, told me afterwards, he was she was like, yeah, it was all going great until you said you wanted to be in management in five years, and then they were like, oh, well, we don't want somebody who's going to, like, leave, so...
0: Yeah. Nothing says, I I want this job, like, I'm leaving as soon as I can get what I really want.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, And it was just like, basically, the job was mine until I said that comment. And, I mean, I'm sure, blessing in disguise, like, I can't complain about how things turned out. But, uh, you know, definitely, that was one of those, like, oh, right. Um, And then, also, I will say... uh, one thing that was like, well, I will not even get into that.
0: No, no, no. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll save the, uh, adult film industry portion yeah. of your career for so later.
1: <laughs> Just don't go on Pornhub slash Jesus.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not a good look. Not a good look. Uh, a tough time in your career for sure. Um, so uh, yeah. So, um, uh uh, yeah i wanted to move on to some some other stuff actually if you're cool with that sure um so uh yeah we kind of got into the the early stuff i think what um i wanted to get into was um i've noticed just because i knew you like you and i kind of had some auspicious beginnings how we met like you and i met uh when i first got off the boat here in la in 2013 i stepped off you know And you know, off the plane, and and just like didn't know anything about anything. And somebody gave me an invite to Sky Bar at uh, at the uh, Mondrian Hotel in West Hollywood. And they're like, "Hey, there's this outdoor pool party during the day, Summer Jam, and there's some like you know DJs and all this stuff." And somebody gave me a pass, which is always a bad idea to give me a pass to do anything. And and I get backstage and it's, it's you. And, you know, I didn't know you and a bunch of people I didn't know. And I kind of just like, I don't know how we started up a conversation, but we started talking and uh, hit it off. And, you know, one too many margaritas and tequila sodas later. <laughs> um, we, we exchanged phone numbers and kept in touch and we've been friends ever since. But, but what I've noticed after knowing you all these years is like, and I think it's really important for anybody in this industry is you start to just, You know, sort of grow skill sets and ascertain skill sets that can keep you relevant in this industry like you i've seen you become like a graphic designer and then you had to learn how to do photography and then you purchased a ton of like photography gear out of your own pocket so that you could start taking photos for your friends and live bands and the next thing you know you're doing official photos for ziggy marley and then you're doing official photos for uh you know social media for the marley social media and then next thing you know i noticed that you're like Oh my God, you're making a music video for Ziggy Marley uh, a couple of years later. And it's like, wait, what? Like when I met Zach, he wasn't producing music videos or editing music videos. He wasn't a professional photographer, but all of a sudden, You know, here we are, what, eight years later, you know, that you're, you've been working for the Marlies and you've definitely put your, at least your 10 years in, your 10,000 hours in on the other side, on the digital media side. But now you, you're probably at least halfway through your 10,000 hours on the photography and video and music video editing side. And it's just kind of wild, uh, to see that progression. But also I think people that are listening to this, like it's so important to know that like you, You've got to stay relevant and you've got to be like, you've got to be that person. If something needs to get done, you don't just look around and go, who else can do it? You do it. You step up and you go, I got this. And when you do that, you make yourself invaluable, you know? And when you make yourself invaluable, people want to keep you around and people see like, hey, this person... They continually add value. And when we need somebody to step up, they step up and it just, it makes you a team player and all those things. But I just kind of noticed that. And that's one of those things that a lot of people don't, don't get in this industry. They, they're like, Hey, I'm good at this one thing and they sell themselves and pride themselves on that one thing they're good at, which is great. And that, that can start the conversation that can start you off somewhere. But I think you have to be able to pivot and mold as you go. But I just thought that was something cool that I noticed.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah, it's definitely been an interesting journey in that regard. And it's not necessarily something that I meant to do in a sense of being relevant. It just sort of, you know, has been... I guess, yeah, as you say, just sort of stepping up when the time called for it. And, you know, it was kind of one of those things where, all right, you're doing social media. Well, social media more and more has become about, like, self-content creation. And so, like, we need someone to take pictures. So, like, sure, let me take pictures. And then I find out I enjoy that. So I, you know, explored it. And then the music video thing came up and Ziggy was like, I don't want to bring in some guy and like, you know, I, I've been on a, a bunch of these music video shoots and it's very, um, it's just when it's somebody else, it's a stranger. It's, it's just a weird vibe, you know, between some guy coming in and, and telling you what to do and, uh, you know, trying to get his shots in and all that kind of stuff. And it was kind of like, let's well, just you and I do this. And, uh, you know, I think that, Well, I mean, that was an exploration and, and, you know, God bless YouTube for being there to learn basically all of the skills that I've learned, um, -hmm. because I didn't go to school for, you know, anything basically related to what I do now as much as I did go for music management, which gave me like an understanding of the industry at large. Like it didn't specifically teach you any skills. Um, Mm -hmm. but, yeah, I think you've got to do that, and I think it's one um, sort of pro column item for going to work at a small company early on, uh, because those opportunities will arise. Whereas if you go and you work at, say, you know, a major record label or a major agency, you're going to be doing that one thing over and over and over and over again. And you know, especially when you're just starting out, you really don't necessarily know. Where you want to end up, uh, I thought I wanted to be in management, and mm-hmm. that was sort of my goal. And then, as I got to know the industry more and more, I realized what you know, sort of a gamble that that was, and sort of the the work that's expected of managers to, you know, be assistants, to be babysitters, to you know, go above and beyond beyond like what the traditional aspect of a manager would do in the old days. Um, and I realized that, uh, you know, for me exploring like creative stuff that I like to do, like doing stuff in marketing, especially for music gives me that opportunity, uh, and and working in a small company where there is, you know, smaller budgets and, and more close knit, team that wants to, you know, do everything that they can in-house that, like, that's given me the ability to be able to, like, raise my hand and say, I'll do this, uh, you know, let's try it. Um, so... Yeah, I, I, but you got to. St- it's true about staying relevant because, uh, as I said, you you know you never know where you're going to end up, and if you've been doing one thing over and over again, and then you know that job doesn't work out, or you're shy you decide you want to grow and go to a new place. Like sometimes there's either not an upper echelon of that specific skill set, uh, and sometimes you just want to change or like expand beyond that. But your resume doesn't speak to the experience. Mm -hmm. you know, would be able to just jump in on that. Um, So, yeah, I mean, doing things as broadly as you can, even within a selected field, like I would say, even with making music videos and doing photography stuff, it's all marketing as far as I'm concerned. And it's just about being more self-reliant in, you know, your marketing efforts by being able to do more of what you need to get done. Uh, So, Yeah, I mean, definitely go to the ends of, you know, what you can be doing. And also, you know, as you were saying about sort of going off on my own and photographing friends and stuff like that, like that for me was some essential practice to be able to do things on a higher level for, you know, the Marlies or or whoever I'm working with and for that to be like professional. So like, you've got to take some of it on your own shoulders outside of like the job, because the job may not always give you the opportunities that you're looking for. And even Mm -hmm. if it does, like you don't want to fuck those opportunities up. So like learn on your own time, you develop your skills, you know, on your own time as much as you can. And, you know, you'll also build friends that way. Just like, providing things for people that, you know, uh, are going to be grateful for that down the road.
0: Yeah. I mean, like I was lucky enough to have almost a decade of experience from being in my own band and touring and figuring out all those things myself the hard way. Um, so that when I finally moved over to the business side, I had some sense of how things worked, but I think for people who are just getting into the business and they don't have a similar background to, to me or people like me, I think that music management is a crash course. I say to anybody, like, I don't care if you're going into, if you want to be a booking agent or if you want to work at a record label or if you want to be anything in the, on the business side, go get a management client or two and figure out how to have some success with them. You know, they don't have to be the biggest artists in the world, but it will teach you to figure out all those, you know, facets, everything from like publishing to writers to uh, what a record deal looks like and what a management deal looks like. And also, what it's really like to deal with artists you know when you're a manager it is like it is a you know it is a college course a four year you know college degree in 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 a matter of a year it's like boom like you're you're picking up calls at every hour of the day and night you know you're dealing with emotions you're dealing with their family issues you you're you know as you put it it is it is glorified babysitting uh but it but it comes with the the plus is too, you know, you, you learn a lot. Uh, hopefully you grow close to that artist and you build a great relationship and hopefully you're representing somebody that's incredibly talented and they open a lot of doors for you. But I personally don't see any downside into anybody in this industry early on taking on some management clients. Cause I think it's just like a, it's, you know, it's going to help them and you're going to help yourself. Um, and if it works out great. If you guys have some huge success, amazing. But if 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 at the end of the day you end up just am- amicably you know walking away and being friends and going hey we did some great stuff together, you'll have some um some pretty powerful knowledge. But uh, yeah,
1: yeah, I, I agree with that. I, you know, I, I definitely have told people interns and stuff that like management and record labels are really the two central cores of the music industry and everything sort of connects through those two things, management, even more so, um, you know, I would say maybe try and get a job with a manager. Uh, if you're going to do, you know, taking on your own management clients, you know, for the sake of your own sanity and for the sake of, you know, the friendship that may be connected to that, Uh, And just the relationship in general, like be completely upfront and honest about what you can do and what you can't do, because a lot of times, as we've said, like young artists who haven't been doing it as long, who don't understand the music industry and how it operates will sort of assume, okay, well, I made a song to whatever quality it is. If I have a good manager, then he's going to make me famous. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's not that, like, you really can't, like, you can light a match to things, but if it's not flammable, it's not going to go on fire. And uh, that's really all you can do as a manager is just show people, you know, what's going on. and, And, like, I can tell you. There are so many people who are looking for, you know, even within the music industry, looking for that next big thing that, like, if it really is fantastic, people are going to want to jump on board. Uh, And if it's not, then they're going to say, thanks for showing me and, like, walk away. And, you know, Mm -hmm. they could be put on you that why why didn't more come of this? Oh, totally. I mean,
0: You'll know within the first two years of working on a project if you've got something special. It does take time to develop certain things. Don't get me wrong. Development is crucial, and you've got to have that kind of relationship with the person you're working with. They've got to be open to your ideas. You guys can't take things personal, and you said it best. You've got to be on the up and up, transparent, and honest about the possibilities and what your capabilities are. But ultimately, in this business, there is still that Intangible magic thing, that special sauce, whatever you want to call it, that is going to make a project go. And if you are not getting that reaction, if everywhere you go and every door you kick open, you don't have that like excitement coming from most people, or at least a good portion of people going, man, this is really good. Are we like this? And you'll know, you will know, you'll feel it in your gut. And my advice there is don't be afraid to walk away. There's always something else out there. And, and this goes for not just the manager it goes for the artist. If you're doing something and you're not getting the right reactions, take a step back, figure out why it's not working. Put your pride aside, you know, yeah. like put your pride aside. Don't, don't get butt hurt. Just be like, all right, something's not working. I'm not getting that reaction. What can I fix? What can I work on? And then come at it again, even harder. But
1: yeah, um, I would also just add like, you know, to your point about no shortcuts, that like that goes back to the idea of make sure you put in, you know, make sure the product is where it needs to be before you start kicking in those doors. You know, be honest with your person about that. Of like, this isn't the one. Like, because I can show like everybody that is in this industry has X amount of contacts that they can really go to with something completely just like yeah. out of the like you know far off in left field total no name person and be like, I want you to check this out and let me know what you think. And and like, if you want to get involved, let's have a conversation. Like you're, you're only going to know so many of those people and those people, once they've heard that first thing or those first two things, whatever it is, like then that's their opinion of that situation. And if you're showing them something that's not there yet, then that is, door is closed you know you kicked it open and you got nowhere and it closed and And i think it's just part of being a good manager is to say all right let's get let's develop on our own with social media with fans as our sort of testing soundboard and once it really is something where every time you show it to somebody, it's like, this is amazing. You post it online. You're getting, you know, solid engagement and you're getting great comments from the fans and, and your streaming numbers are becoming a reflective of what you want to see. Like, then it's time to go and make those phone calls. But like, you know, you gotta just, it really, as much as friendship gets in the way of business, like you sort of have to be best friends with your clients Mm -hmm. and like have that level of closeness where you can say like, no, the song isn't good enough. Or, or like, you know, we need to, we need to keep going before we start trying to, you know, pull certain moves.
0: All right. You know, you've, like I said earlier, like you mentioned earlier, you've been almost eight years with the Marleys and with Tuff Gong, and you've been in the industry for what, over ten years? Eleven years? Yeah. Uh yeah, ten years. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Um, and you're only what, twenty one years old? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah I'm twelve.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You look great. Nice beard. Um uh but no, no, uh, you know, you're what, like what, thirty years old? You're, you you thirty two. Thirty-two. You got in early. You've been doing this for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what is your kind of no shortcuts uh, topic advice to people that uh, are are listening? Like, what what advice would you give when you're kind of looking back on where you're at now? Anything that jumps out?
1: Um, I won't say based off anything that's like from looking back, but what I would say is that. Over the last five years, really, the tools have developed online to be able to do every single thing that a major record label does for its artists, that you can do it on your own scale. And so if you want to make money through live streaming video, you can do that. You want to make money off YouTube, Spotify, You can do that. You want to make money as a social media influencer, you know, you can do that. Everything that was once blockaded off to these few companies who had access, um, it's all available for everyone. And the barriers are down. Blogs, you know, pod like blogs at least, they don't mean as much as they used to. Playlists, you know, are becoming more and more democratized. Um, and you know, it really opens up the door for you as a manager, as an artist, or as somebody just helping, um, you know, an artist get to the next level. Like you have the opportunity to build really like a full fledged business on your own and I think with that opportunity comes the responsibility to do as much of it as you can to find, you know, where that artist's fans connect with them, uh, in that way where they're willing to support them, you know, be it financially or be it through engagement or whatever it may be, um, you know, coming to see them live, uh, you know, build your own model. And I think that. You won't need anybody's help to get to where you want to go, especially over the next five ten years as you know advertising also becomes part of this anybody can do it situation with programs out there um, and you know there's also just nothing more fun than like you and your friends you know as the manager or whatever like just. This is what we're doing, and, like, we're going to keep ourselves out here through, you know, by hook or by crook, you know, until we can start generating some revenue. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm just saying, like, don't wait for somebody to give you an opportunity is I guess my main piece of advice because you can create them all on your own. And it's very easy in LA at least to meet musicians who are looking for somebody to help them out. Uh, And, you know, again, it's all there for you to, to create and it's all there on YouTube to learn how to do. And I just, I think if I was to start over now with the knowledge that I have that I probably would try and just find, you know, a handful of bands and just do it on my own. Um, and of course, you know, it looks great on a resume. It doesn't hurt. You know, if you work at Universal or one of these big companies, that's great. Uh, but don't measure your success based on those people opening the doors for you. And, um, you know, again keep yourself out here keep yourself connected to people like you never know like Edge is just somebody that I met at a a pool party
0: (laughs) a really good pool party a really good pool
1: party (laughs) but just you know like that turned out to be One of the greatest friendships I've ever had, you know, and uh, from that also, like so many opportunities have come up where he's known somebody or I've known somebody or, or I've been able to help him with my skills with somebody that he's working with or, you know, whatever it may be like. Meet people and realize that there's going to be a lot of douchey, fake it till you make it people that are really transparent and just maybe aren't people that you wouldn't want to be friends with, but like just fucking be nice to everybody and like you never know who somebody's going to become. And, um, you know, but that said, uh, if you can just get some bands together that are, are good, that you believe in, like. You can help them out and you can do anything that you would be able to do at a major company on your own. Uh, So, yeah, again, just don't wait for anybody to open doors for you.
0: No, that's sage advice. It's all at your fingertips now. Everything is right there. No excuses. And, uh, you know, if you think the tour bus is just around the corner waiting to pick you up, you're wrong. Uh, Go out there, make it happen. Open all the doors yourself, create a business yourself. Don't be afraid to try things you don't know how to do. You will eventually figure it out and you will wake up one morning and go, man, I'm, I'm all those things I was looking for. I'm doing it all. And, uh, people want to work with me as, as opposed to the other way around. So,
1: I mean, also, um, you know, with people want to work with you stuff, like the more you're doing things that you actually are passionate about, then while you're doing it, those people are going to be like, this guy's great. And let's, let's do something with him down the line. And like, again, going back to being friendly, you know, that also includes being on the job, like going and meeting, you know, an artist for a photo shoot or whatever, like that, the, the time you spend together, uh, doing the shoot is going to be almost as important as the images you end up with at the end to send them uh, because people want to work with people that they like. And if you are enjoying what you're doing, uh, then, you know, that's going to come off. And uh, so, you know, explore around and again, you know, with the whole, don't wait for people to open doors for you. Like, you have the opportunity to find out yourself, like what you're most passionate about in this industry, because it's such a varied industry and there are so many different lives you can lead. Uh, Like edge and I have completely different day to days and, you know, we both work, you know, in similar aspects of the music industry, but you know, like, I don't know if you would like what I would do every day. And I don't know if I would like what you do every day. Um, So yeah, find those pieces and explore those as best you can that really like you walk away from a day of doing it and you're like, that was awesome. Like, I wish I could get paid a bunch of money to do this. And then like, Mm -hmm. even if you don't just keep doing it and like, eventually hopefully you will get paid some money to do it.
0: No, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I thought I wanted to be an artist most of my life and then woke up one day around 30 years old and was like, no, I don't want to do that full time. I've done that. That's not what I want to do. That doesn't make me happy. (laughs) Um, and that was my path. I wanted to do something else. I wanted to push myself in a different direction, but everybody else is, you know, they've got their own thing. They're going to be different, but, um, yeah, man, I think, um, I think we can wrap it up. That was, uh, Super cool. Thanks for the insight and taking the time.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me again. Um you know, check out Bob Marley, Portrait of the Legend,
0: yo. Yeah, where can people find the find the book? Uh
1: it's if you go to like Bob's Instagram, it should be in the bio, the link.
0: If somebody's listening to this like 10 years from now, probably Amazon, right? <laughs>
1: Amazon, Target, Walmart, Barnes and Noble. If they're still around in 10 years, uh, you know, all the major places, it actually, the first run sold out, but I think that they're printing a second edition that should be around late January. So depending on whenever this comes out, maybe they will be more available. Um, But yeah.
0: Nice. All right. Well, send me a free copy immediately. Totally. Right now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right, man. Well, uh, take care. Speak soon.
1: Love you, bud. Take care.